Anne and I have teenagers at home. And uh, one of the things you experience as a parent when you have teenagers at home is that you're not always sure when they're listening to you. Especially when they've got their earbuds in. A couple of times I've had this experience of maybe going to bed early or maybe leaving the house and telling one of my kids, I love you. No response, not even an awkward, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And and then I realized they were plugged in, and I wasn't sure if they even heard me. And and I thought, well, oh, too bad, you know, if, if um, if they haven't heard me because they missed out on hearing that they're loved. But then I wondered how often I do that. When I'm busy, when I'm distracted, when when I'm not really listening, I wonder how many times God is whispering, I love you, and I miss it completely because I'm plugged in to something else. Well, that's what we're focusing on. We were last week, and we are again this morning as we continue our series on transformation. If we could put the, the next slide up. We're focusing on sensitivity now, being sensitive to God's voice and God's leading. The first two weeks of this series, we, we looked at identity. We, um, we looked at the fact that transformation begins by knowing who we are, that the reason that we can be transformed and the reason that we need to be transformed is because of who we are. Because if we are followers of Jesus Christ, then we have been set free from slavery to our sinful nature, and we have been adopted as royal sons and daughters of the King of Heaven. We're loved. We belong. We're part of God's royal family. And so we have a role to play in the Father's kingdom, in God's plans for His creation. And so we have kingdom responsibilities. We have a lot to live up to. And so any change, any growth that we experience begins by knowing who we are. It begins with our identity. But then next... Transformation requires sensitivity because God is the one who initiates our transformation. God has visions for us. God has dreams for us like every parent does for their kids. God has a plan, a purpose for our growth and for our transformation. And so if we're going to participate in this and we're going to be transformed, we have to listen. We have to tune in to God's guidance, to God's plan to what God has to say to us. We have to pay attention to when the Holy Spirit convicts us or nudges us or or seeks to guide us or lead us, like Maria was sharing this morning. Last week, Paul DeVries began looking at sensitivity with us, and he reminded us that God's Spirit works in us and guides us to transform us in three realms, the physical, the relational, and the supernatural. Today, we're going to continue on this theme of sensitivity by looking at the well-known parable of Jesus in in Mark 4. And you can take that slide down now. This parable is about sensitivity. Notice that Jesus urges us to be sensitive in today's passage. Right as he begins the parable, it's the first in the series of of parables that Jesus is going to tell. And he begins this first one right in verse 3 with what word? Listen. That's how he begins. Listen. And then notice how Jesus ends this parable in verse 9. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Listen. 
Whoever has ears, let them hear. The parable we're looking at today, this parable about the sower who sows seed, and it falls on four different kinds of soil, it's a parable about listening. It's a parable about hearing. It's a parable about sensitivity. So question, if it's about listening, why doesn't Jesus talk about listening? Why does he talk about farming and about seeds and soil? On the surface, it isn't a parable about listening at all. It's a parable about growing a crop and sowing seeds and reaping a harvest. Where does listening fit in? Well, a parable is a word picture. It's an extended metaphor. And in this case, the way the metaphor works is that Jesus is comparing our sensitivity, how we're listening, to what kind of soil we are. To what kind of soil we are. He's saying that being sensitive, being a good listener, is like being good, rich, fertile soil. So let's look at this parable and see how the metaphor works. A sower goes out to sow seed. It's planting time at the farm. And the way that you plant grain crops is not hoeing rows and planting seeds one by one. No, you just scatter the seed widely on the prepared soil so that you can get a whole field of wheat, for example, planted in a reasonable amount of time. And this sower is, is generous. He's got lots of seeds to sow, and he just scatters it everywhere without a lot of thought of being selective or, or conservative in where the seed goes. No, he, he scatters the seed widely, and, and so some falls on the path, the hard path. Before it can sprout, the birds come and eat it up. It can't even get a root. He scatters other seed, and it falls on rocky places where the soil is, is thin. And this seed grows quickly in the warm soil, but because the soil is shallow, there isn't much room to root in, and so when the hot sun bakes down, the little seedlings wither and die. And then the farmer scatters other seed, and it falls on thorny ground. This seed does well for a while, but when the thorns and the thistles grow up, they choke out the plants, and so the plants don't bear any grain. And then finally, other seed the farmer sows falls in good soil, and this seed roots, it grows, and it multiplies, sometimes beyond measure. A single seed producing a grain stalk with a heavy head that might have 30, 60, or even, would you believe it, 100 grains of seed in return for that one seed. Talk about multiplication. Talk about fruitfulness. This is a parable about sensitivity. Listen, Jesus urges us. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And then Jesus gives the interpretation to the parable. And in verse 14, we find the key to understanding it. The farmer sows the word. The word. The seed in this parable is the word. The word that the farmer sows in the soil. The farmer sows the seed. Jesus speaks the word. And then the seed, the word, falls on various types of soil, on certain kinds of ears, on certain kinds of hearts. It's the same word, but depending on the quality of the soil, depending on the sensitivity, depending on our listening, that will determine whether the seed, whether the word, accomplishes what it was sown to do, whether it takes root, whether it accomplishes its purpose. Well, before we go any further, let's notice the purpose. Let's notice what an amazing purpose 
that seed is sown for that this parable points us toward. The reason that Jesus sows the seed, the reason that Jesus speaks and sows the word is so that in the end, what's the result? Picture this, a field full of harvest. That's the purpose. A, a field ripe with food, ripe with, with wealth. We're, we're not farmers, and so we miss this image, many of us. We miss its power. We don't realize that for a farmer who works all year long, payday doesn't come until he or she harvests the crop and sells it at market or stores it up for the coming winter. Harvest is the best time of year if you're a farmer. Harvest is when you, you get paid, you have a feast, you throw a party, you celebrate. There's bounty, there's plenty. Think of, of a Thanksgiving table laden with food, surrounded by loved ones. Think of Oktoberfest in Germany, whole towns stopping work to celebrate. There's dancing, there's lots of food, kegs are tapped, accordions are playing, in the old days anyway. We've got to do some translating to, to feel the power of the image of a field ripe for harvest. So maybe imagine a salesperson paid on commission. They, they work hard week after week, month after month, trying to close some, some big sales. And while they're working, they're not getting paid. And, and then imagine they close some huge sales and they get their commission and with performance bonuses to boot. A big, huge payday. Time to celebrate. Or, or imagine investing in stocks. Maybe don't imagine it right now, but imagine it a few weeks ago. <laughs> Ann and I have a relative who back in the, the 90s invested in tech stocks. Carefully picking, promising dot-com startups. And the stocks that, that this person invested in went up and up and up. And then they sold just before the dot-com crash. They sold at the peak of the market, and they retired on it. They made a killing, and they enjoyed it. That's the picture here that, that Jesus is giving us with harvest. It's abundance. It's windfall. It's celebration time. It's vacation time. It's feast time. That's why Jesus sows the word. That's Jesus' intention. That's his, his goal in the end, that when we're sensitive to the word, when it grows in our lives, and so we grow, when we allow it to transform us, the result is that we become participants in an amazing harvest. That's what Jesus wants for this world in the end, for our lives, for our church. Jesus has great plans, great purposes for his people and for his whole creation. But to get there will require some transformation. We're not ready. The world isn't ready yet for payday, for harvest, for vacation time. All things will need to be made new for that harvest to come. People will need to be made restored and matured and healed. The world will need to be put right so it can flourish. That's the ultimate goal of transformation. And so as Christ speaks the word, he's inviting us, he's challenging us, he's guiding us into transformation so that we can become a part of that wonderful harvest, that wonderful celebration, that wonderful abundance at the end.
and so that we can become agents of transformation for others and for this world in the meantime. That's the goal. That's the purpose. And so when you think about being transformed and being an agent of transformation for others and for this world, think about that field loaded with harvest, loaded with blessing. That's what God is after. Now, of course, harvest doesn't come right away. There's work to be done first. There's hoeing, there's weeding, there's growing. But don't miss the end goal. It's glorious. And if we're going to get in on it, we're going to have to listen. We're going to have to be sensitive because Christ is taking the initiative. Christ is sowing the seed, and the seed is the Word. It's Jesus' Word. It's Jesus' Word that has the power to bring about transformation, to bring about harvest. And we have Jesus' Word now written down for us, preserved in the Bible. So listening, sensitivity, begins with this book. Reading it, studying it, meditating on it, listening to it. But for those hearing Jesus' parable originally back in Mark chapter 4, Jesus' word was immediate, wasn't it? It was in the moment. It was live action. Jesus had personally come to their village, to their lake. He was sitting in their boat. He was talking to them at that moment. He was telling them, I'm sowing the word right now. And what you do with what I'm telling you, how you respond, what kind of soil you are, will change your life. It will determine your destiny. But that's still true for us too. Granted, Jesus isn't tangibly present like he was then. But Jesus is still taking the initiative in our lives, in real time, in the moment, sowing his word. Jesus is still calling us to respond, still working his plan, his purposes for our transformation. How does that happen for us? Well, it happens when we're reading the Bible or, or listening to a sermon on the Bible and part of it comes alive for us. Something we read, something we hear, it, it hits us, it sticks out to us. As if God took a highlighter and said, here, listen to this part right now. Theologians point out that this is the Holy Spirit's work, and of course they have a big theological word for it. It's called illumination. Illumination is when God's Spirit makes God's written word come alive. Um, when God breathes fresh power into it and speaks to us through it. And God's speaking, God's guiding happens foremost through the Bible. But not only through the Bible. Often the Holy Spirit nudges us in other ways. Let me give you a few examples. Sometimes the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. I've um, sometimes been going through my day, and uh, then I thought back earlier to how I spoke to Anne or to one of the kids. And I realized, yikes, I was pretty impatient. I was, I was unkind. I wish I'd handled that situation differently now that I've calmed down or had a moment to reflect back on it and a moment of quiet to, re to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. And so now I'm faced with a question. 
am I going to ignore that and just go on with my day? Or am I going to listen to the Holy Spirit's nudgings and convictings? And am I going to go back and am I going to apologize to that person? Boy, I'm sorry, I was unkind. Please forgive me. That's the Holy Spirit convicting us. The Holy Spirit also prompts us. Have you ever had someone pop into your mind for no reason? And and maybe you're busy and you ignore it. Or or maybe you pause and and you find time to to reach out to them and say, hey, I was thinking about you. You you were on my heart and, and I prayed for you. And sometimes they're like, cool, thanks. And other times, though, they're like, Wow, how did you know I I needed that encouragement really badly right now? You know how else God talks to me? He he talks to me through Anne. (laughs) Sometimes it's um, that she encourages me, she tells me how much she loves me. Other times what she says is not what I want to hear, but it's what I need to hear. Uh, maybe she's challenging me on something. Maybe she's pointing out a fault. And, and I'm tempted to be defensive. But on my better days, I remember that she knows me better than anybody else. And if she cares enough to point it out, I should probably listen. Because maybe God is using her for the sake of my transformation. Maybe God is speaking to me through her. These are all different ways that... that God speaks, all ways that that Jesus speaks through the Spirit. The farmer sows the seed. Jesus speaks the Word through the Bible into our lives by His Spirit. And the purpose is to produce a crop. The purpose is abundance. The purpose is blessing. That's ultimately what transformation looks like. But in the short term, before we get the right wonderful harvest, there's growing to do. There's hard soil to break up. There's weeds to pull. There's sweat. There's effort. There's toil. And so Jesus' challenge to us is, what kind of soil are we going to be? How receptive, how sensitive are we going to be to the Word as Jesus speaks it to us? In the parable, Jesus describes four different kinds of soil, four different ways of, 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 or or levels of sensitivity. And I just want to focus briefly on um, the last two. And I'll tell you why, because I think it's the last two who are most likely to be in a church like CBC on a given Sunday morning. Because think about the first soil. These people are hard soil, and so God's word is snatched away before it can even take root. These people never really get started on their spiritual journey because the word never penetrates at all. The second soil, the shallow soil, are those who who last only a short time and then they quickly fall away. We, We don't see them for long. So the first and second kind of soil could describe some of us, and and if it describes you, please pay attention. For for more of us, I think though, that the seed's been in there for a while. The, the Word's been working on us and in us for a while. And if so, we're more likely to be one of the last two kinds of soil. So let's look at those in more detail. Look at the third soil. Tell me if this rings any bell, any bells. These people hear the Word. We're in verse 18 and 19. 
But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Does that sound familiar? Let's do a little checklist here. Do the worries of life ever get to you? Do they ever seem bigger than your faith, bigger than your God? Do you ever get lured by wealth and wanting more? Do you ever give in to the desires for other things? Who doesn't, right? Welcome to America. Here's what Jesus says about about life's worries and about the deceitfulness of wealth, which promise us so much and the desire of other, other things. Jesus says that these things choke the word. The worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desire for other things, they drown out the word. They fill our lives with noise, with distraction. They cause us not to listen, not to hear, or not to respond to all God is trying to tell us. They choke the harvest, and so our lives are unfruitful. So question, is your life fruitful? Are you growing? Are you being transformed? Are you helping others to be transformed? If not, here's what to check. Are the worries of life louder than the voice and the peace of God? Is your desire for wealth causing you to invest your time and energy in gaining treasures on earth instead of working for treasures in heaven? Is your desire for other things greater than your desire to be transformed? Greater than your desire for Jesus? If it is, you will be unfruitful. You will not be transformed. Because you are not really listening to God's word as Jesus sows it into your life. That's what Jesus says. Jesus' word to you, if, if this is true of you, is being choked out by other voices. It's being drowned out by other noises. Compare that with the fourth soil, finally. These people, like seeds sown on good soil, they hear the word, they accept it, and in response, they produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. That sensitivity. Sensitivity to God's Word. Being receptive each day as you read the Bible. And as you go through your day, listening for those nudges, those convictions, those promptings. Slowing down to take them in, to respond to them as Jesus sows His Word into our lives day by day. The result over time is transformation. And so again, Jesus says, listen. Listen. Whoever has ears, let them hear. God is taking the initiative. Jesus is speaking. He's nudging. He's guiding. He's directing. Are your earbuds in so that you can't hear? Are you listening to something else? Other voices? So that God's voice is drowned out? Or do you have ears to hear? Are you sensitive to God's guidance? Remember what the goal is. It's, it's fruitfulness. It's a bumper crop. It's for your life, for our church, for this world, 
to, to experience a huge payday. A table laden with delights, with good things. That's transformation, ultimately. So let's grow in being sensitive. For those in transformation groups, we're going to have a chance to practice this again today and this week. To practice slowing down, paying attention, being sensitive, listening. Right now, Doug is, is going to tell a story about a, a way that he's had a chance to practice this this past week. Um, and then we'll close the song.